Welcome to Winning Is Not Everything, where we bring sanity back to youth sports by focusing on character development, effort, and sportsmanship, not rankings and trophies. I'm your host, Sean Jensen, former NFL reporter, children's book author, and youth sports coach. Have you ever asked an elementary schooler, what do you want to be when you grow up? Well, I have, and a staggering number of them, boys and girls, give me the same answer. What is it? Stick around to find out. Team Snap is the presenting sponsor of the Winning Is Not Everything podcast. Fall sports season is right around the corner. Are you ready? Team Snap is connecting the world of youth sports by providing solutions for coaches, administrators, and brands. Team Snap for Teams offers coaches and team managers a top-tier youth sports management app to help you focus less on team management and more on coaching while TeamSnap for Business gives administrators the most complete youth sports management platform to run their clubs. And for brands looking to make noise in the youth sports marketing space, TeamSnap for Brands can help marketers reach parents on the field, at home, or on the go. Download the TeamSnap app in your mobile app store or visit teamsnap.com winning for more information. I have been so fortunate to speak to thousands of kids around the country thanks to my children's book series, The Middle School Rules. And one of my favorite questions to engage kids is, what do you want to do when you grow up? It's hardly a formal thing, but I would estimate 7 out of every 10 kids, boys and girls, say they want to be a professional athlete. Adults know how difficult that is, but kids do not. In his current role, Don Williams is helping young athletes take an important step toward that elusive dream. And he is immensely qualified given his experience as a coach at many levels. But there was so much insight he picked up while navigating and parenting his own son through the process. Let's dive into that and learn even more about Don Williams in part two of our conversation. Let's jump in. As a father, what was something that you really wanted to reinforce in your children's development? Like, was there a character trait that was really, really important to you to make sure that they had that characteristic in them? One of the things that comes to mind is not quitting before your time, at least. So if we entered our kids in any whatever, I mean, our kids did competitive swimming and just the local pool. They had a race team and you throw them on it for a season or two for fun. And my son says, I want to play basketball one year. And my kids wanted to play baseball, then soccer. You know, they wanted to do different things. And we just said that once you commit to that season, you're in. You can decide at the end of the season, I don't ever want to do this again. That's fine. We don't even have to talk about it. But you're in for that season. So finish what you start. Whatever it is, finish your commitments and follow through on your commitments. And your word means something. We tried to raise our kids with that value of like, like other, every parent doesn't. But we did teach that through sports, I think, and through activities with our kids. I think we allowed those to be one of the tools that we taught with. And I think all of our kids were okay teammates. They were all fine. I mean, look, our kids just blended in, really. They just blended in. And my son didn't become better, really one of the best soccer players that came out of our area until senior year, maybe 18. Mm. Uh, before that, he was quite average. And I was coaching varsity freshman year. He was on varsity. We didn't play. He might have played a couple games when we had no other goalkeeper, but he wasn't the best one. 
So he was a late developer. I was probably a later developer in life. I didn't think I could do pull-ups and push-ups until I was like 13, 14. It just wasn't, wasn't in the family genetics. So just that stick to itiveness and working harder. And then with my son at the soccer, it was like, you're cursed with my genetics. You just got what you got. And so if you want to be better, you have to work 10 times as hard as everybody else. You have to go be that outlier. You have to go figure out a way to be that outlier because genetics plays a part. And I think at the end of the day, if you asked him somewhere, there's an inside college soccer podcast I did with him talking about him, his growing up and, and playing over in Europe and all that. But if you want to be that outlier, then you better work twice as hard as everybody else. That's great advice. And that's real. And obviously he took that to heart because he clearly Just he loved that, it. Just but he, he loved clearly it. picked up that competitive spirit from you. That's something you passed on to him. Yeah, it is. He, he's very, and he is fiercely competitive and he yeah. really is. And yeah. he, he's got that in him. And then he's also got this, he just developed this love for the game. He just, he was upset. 94 World Cup. I think we both probably still have full sets of cards, playing cards from the 94 World Cup when he's here in the U.S. And I think he could tell you every stat of every single player that played on every team in the World Cup to put the card up. He was just obsessed with the sport, mm. obsessed with it. But he is, he's that personality. He's He's that obsessive personality about everything he does. I, I kind of was that way too. When I get into something new, yeah. I get yeah. obsessive about it. I get a very obsessive about that new thing that I'm excited about. Was that trait a little bit of a problem for your son? Was there a point where you and your wife kind of had to rein him in a little bit or try to talk to him and guide him so that he didn't go too far on that end? I was probably 15, 16, and my wife and I are standing in the living room. We had a discussion, and she says to me, I'm really worried about Brad if he doesn't make it pro. I'm really, like, worried about his mental health because he was putting that much time into it. He was out of the door at 5.30 in the morning, and they called him wall boy at school because he had a ball in his locker, and he would go to the wall every day to the same spot, and everybody would see him hitting ball against the wall, making chalk marks, trying to bend balls, trying to work balls, trying to figure it out. And he, uh, so we got worried. And so we had a talk with him uh, multiple times from their point on, reminding him that soccer is something you do. It's not who you are. You're treating your friends well. You're treating your family well. You're starting, you're, you're working hard at all everything you do. You're going to be perfectly fine with or without this game. It's not something that you are. It's something you do. Beautiful. That's great parenting right there. Congratulations. <laughs> now, Coach, it's, my, it's my wife's thought. She's smarter than I am, believe me. <laughs> hey, welcome to the club. I'm in that outkick your coverage club as well. So, you know, happy to be a member of that. It sounds like you are as well. So coach, I love your story of how you got into coaching because frankly, that's how I got into coaching, right? I really didn't have this idea that I'd be a coach and my son was six and- You, you know, got drug into for, it. Yeah, signed him up for soccer and I showed up to the first practice and the kids were just like running around with no direction, anything. And about 20 minutes into practice, I just kind of walked over to the coach and said, hey, when does practice start? And he says, I've never coached soccer. I have no idea what to do. And wow. so I don't even know why he accepted the right. you know, the request to coach. And so right. I kind of just stepped in and I didn't really know either, but at least I'd played the sport. He hadn't played the sport. He didn't know anything about it. Right. And so I ended up sort of stepping in and being the coach the rest of the season. Had a blast. So you, though, I mean, extended this into like a career, which is absolutely incredible. You coach at the collegiate level for two plus decades. What were you thinking of doing 
before you you found this career as a coach? I hated high school. It didn't like any any part of it except the soccer piece. I was there so I could continue to extend my career. And then yeah, I just knew you had to get a high school. A big deal. And then I went to college and then I said, I, I, I'm not as good as I thought I was. Just the, the hill became really high and I decided I wanted money was more important to me because remember, I what look, I, I bought myself the first everything. My parents didn't buy me my first car. I went and earned money to buy it. We didn't have money. I didn't know we were poor. We we're on food stamps, but I didn't know we were poor. We just uh, lived in a middle class neighborhood. I didn't know. So I just had to go grab what I had to grab. Money became much more important to me. I met my wife in high school. We get engaged at 19, married at 20, first kid at 22. So look, I was just working. I, I did, there were no plans. There was no plans to be a coach. There was no plans for anything. I was just going to work and we bought a house and we're just living life. And then when I started coaching, the like doing the, for the youth leagues and realized I was doing the licensing and a lot of the other coaches weren't and they didn't have a background growing up in the playing the sport. So I became a pretty decent coach. I, you, you win this and you win that. And everybody says you're the best guy in the league. And then the local high school that I went to that I attended and played at needed a coach. And so I applied and got that job. And then taking my C license, I ended up taking over the goalkeeper session because the instructor wasn't a goalkeeper. And he says, would you do it this way? And I said, no. He says, how would you do it? I said, just a minute. <laughs> I ran to my truck and I grabbed all my flags and all my equipment. I'm like, boom, I grabbed my ropes, everything. I lay it out. I do a session. One of the candidates that was in the class with me said, I just got the job at Cal State East Bay. Will you come be my goalkeeper coach? And I said, sure, why not? It was up the road for me. So I did that for a grand total of $750 a year. Yay. And so I just, I just started working and then this job to that job. And then this license to that, and then you meet this person and you meet that. I was at one of my B license and I met Troy Dyack, who's got, he had the job at the seals and they needed a goalkeeper coach. So I coached at the seals. That was my little pro stint. And I still keep in touch with the head coach on that team. So you just build these relationships, right? Yeah. And it just turns into a, Hey, I decided I wanted to do this. Went back to school, got my bachelor's degree on my master's degree. And I complained to my friend, I'm going to be 40 by the time I made my master's. He says, Don, you're probably going to be 40 no matter what. It's a good, good point. <laughs> Do it with or without. It's a good point. And so I went and got, got it and did it. And then it turned into, I didn't have to have eight jobs anymore. I literally had eight jobs one year. I counted it wow. out. Did that about three years in a row. This one makes a little of this and a little of that. And a little of trying to do soccer full time. Wow. That's and incredible, so, coach. It's, it's just a passion for the game. I just yeah. still watch it with that childhood energy. I still get something in me when I go out and smell the grass of the fields when I'm out there. There still brings back all those good feelings. Yeah, I'm just an addict. Coach, you've carved out this very important niche in terms of helping provide insight into the recruiting process, specifically for soccer. And how did that transition come about? You know, you, here you are a coach for a long time. I know you've talked in other podcasts about the network that you develop, which clearly helps you as a recruiter. But what made you want to make that pivot from being a coach to helping with recruiting? I knew in probably 2015, my time was numbered. My years were numbered as a coach. I knew I could feel the rhythm of the players changing and I could feel a need for the change of the guards mm. at the collegiate level. The types of the way I could coach 10 years ago, 15 years ago, the things that I could say, the things that I could do, the way that I knew how to make an effective team and to help players get better was becoming un unacceptable anymore. 
I'm not talking about beating kids. I didn't beat kids. I never, never was accused of anything, but I could just tell I wasn't being as effective anymore. And I was letting my younger coaches take over more of the certain roles because they could get through to players better than I could. And I just said, I don't know if this is fun anymore for me. So one of the last gig that I had was at Feather River in the town we still live in, Feather River College in Quincy, California. And it was a junior college in the middle of nowhere that, look, you can't put together a local team. They still play high school soccer co-ed. They still play youth soccer co-ed. And then it stops at 14. There's nothing here. You can't put together a community college team. I had to go international. I had to go, not allowed at the time to go anywhere else in the state except a couple of connecting districts that didn't have any kids either. So I had to go international. And so I connected with Chris Cousins, Sports Recruiting USA in England. I grabbed his first three girls that he ever brought over to the United States. We had that first class. I got all three of them. They all went on to the four-year level and did well. And so Chris trusted me and he was allowing me to to take these kids into junior college and then push them onto the four-year level. And I had a couple of his boys and trying to figure out what to do after coaching. You know, do I go to work and put my business degree to work? And I've owned numerous businesses in my life. Is that what I do? And this opportunity came up to figure out how to recruit a team of former college coaches and players to like, who knows the system better than somebody who's been in it. And then really who knows the system better than those that have coached it for a long period of time. And really who knows the system better than coaches that have coached for a long period of time and won national championships and been successful at multiple levels, division three, division two, division one, NAIA, junior college. And so we've got staff that's one at Indiana, one national championships division two at Yavapai, one national championships or uh, JC at Yavapai, one national championships division two at Dominguez Hills. So we've got an incredible coach at Dartmouth, uh, coached at Bates, Steve Small, D3 high-end academics. So we've got this variety coming together where I said, holy crud, we're much better together than any of us individuals. Our connections and what we know, the experiences we have as a group are pretty phenomenal from playing pro to coaching pro to coaching at the highest levels in the country to playing at the highest levels in the country. Well, I get inundated with emails because my son is, you know, at that level, at that age where literally every other day I'm getting emails about recruiting and sign up for this camp and do that. And to be honest with you, as a parent, it's overwhelming. You just don't know who to trust and what to trust. And one of the things I appreciated about you is probably the most informative information I've, I've gathered is from you. And I literally can't recall one time where in any of your social media posts, you've even mentioned your own company. You know, you're not saying conscious, like, hey, conscious sign up. effort. Yeah. And, and conscious so, effort, to be honest. You know, I, one of the reasons I, I did want to have you on because I feel like you're a trusted person, you know, in terms of educating people about this process. Give me sort of that quick Cliff Notes version of what you think parents out there should know if their kids have ambitions to play college or pro soccer. First of all, we're going to kind of reverse that question a little bit. You got to know your kids well enough to know if this is what you want or if this is what they want. Kids will do a lot to please us as parents. They'll do a lot of things they don't want to do to please us as parents. They want our approval. They need our approval. It's part of the human psyche. Psychologists could explain this better than I can. But the idea for love and approval is part of Maslow's hierarchy of needs. So 
you got to be really careful with this as parents, because I hear parents post stuff and I'm sure it's inadvertent, but it's like if parents really want their kids to get scholarships was one that I responded to last a couple of days ago. It's like, wait a minute, if parents really want, what about what the kid wants? Maybe the kid likes music. My oldest kid was the least talented of my three of my three children alphabetically. My middle son could pin him easily at five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten 10 years old. When my son was two years older than him, he liked music, though. So we had to encourage him in music. And then he ended up signing to a record label at 16 and traveling the world and going on two European tours. And he was in, you know, his records. There it is in Hot Topic. There's a, that kind of thing. That was his passion. Had nothing to do with sports. So as parents, I'd be really careful about what questions we're asking and what we know of our kids. And then after we know, though, that my son, my oldest son said 10, at 10 years old, I want to play in England. That's my goal. We're watching Premier League. It was the only league that we had on television. We named ourselves Arsenal because we thought it was a cool name for a bunch of young boys to be named the Arsenal. We liked the canon. We just liked the, the idea uh, at the time. It was exactly what we were looking for. So we started following the team, right? And this is at six, seven, eight. By 10, he says, I want to play in England. I'm just like, yeah, okay, well, then you got to go do these things. And then good luck. See how it goes. But that I didn't encourage him. In fact, I discouraged him. I was already coaching three, four teams. Five, six, I was coaching many. I did not want to train him more as a goalkeeper. He was a goalkeeper. I was a goalkeeper coach. I didn't want to do more training. But if he wanted to do it, I would not say no. I wouldn't. We'd go out there and I'd support him. But other than that, parents got to know that this is what their kids want. And once they know this is what their kids want, here we go. Now, look, for boys, it starts at about 14, 15. Got to wait for that puberty stages. We got to wait for these kids to get into the, I know who boys and girls are. I know what, I know what dating is like. I know who I am. I've got some kinds of idea of what things I like. I don't like music. I do like dance. I don't like this. I do like that. I've tried this. I've seen. Got to wait till your kids got to experience that. Remember, they're 14 years on the planet. And we're trying to tell them, what do you want to do for a living at 14 years old? What do you want to do with your career? What do you want? Dude, I was 32 before I knew. So how does that work? Mm-hmm. Right? Let the kids just be freaking kids. They'll, you'll know. You'll know, parents. You'll know. You'll know. If your kid's obsessed with something, you'll know. If they're obsessed with them, support them. If your kids are obsessed with art, support them. Get into art. Learn about art. If your kids are obsessed with music, get into music. Learn about music. Support. It's not just saying, I'll drive you here and there. It's truly learning. It's like dating. You know, you're getting to know a little person, right? Mm-hmm. This person's starting to grow and you want to get to know them. When I have a relationship with them, then show some interest in the things they have an interest in, not the stuff you have an interest in. That's great insight, Coach. And that's one of the things that I encourage parents is try to expose your kids to as many things as possible. And they will show you what they're interested in because they'll do those things without you telling them. Right. So when yes. you notice that your kid is playing the piano that you have laying around, not not a piano, but like a keyboard, and you notice that they're playing it and showing an interest in it and doing it kind of somewhat consistently, well, hey, would you like to take a lesson in that? You know, if you, if your kid is asking you if they can help cook dinner, right? And and make that something. That's something that my daughter and I do. Like she enjoys helping me make things right. uh, for dinner. And so we try like once a week to make something together. And that's something that she seems to show an interest in. But I feel like for us as parents, it's like, hey, expose them to so many things and they will show you what they're interested in. And then how do we as parents leverage that interest to teach them about life? to teach them about the importance of work ethic, to teach oh, them the so importance. Oh, that's so right, Sean. You know, I always said if I, if I played the violin, I'd be teaching kids life lessons through the violin. I think yeah. coaches who end up coaching long-term, they're just teachers. They're yeah, just teachers. If they had a passion right. for English, they'd be teaching kids through English. 
about the lessons of life. It's, yeah. it's just what I dug. Oh, that's so good, Coach. Love it. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode of Winning Is Not Everything. Please make sure to like the podcast and subscribe to the podcast so you can immediately get the latest episode. If you have any questions or comments, please visit my website, seankjensen.com, and go to the contact page. You can even leave me a voice recording. And of course, I want to thank my presenting sponsor, TeamSnap. Whether you are a coach, administrator, or brand looking to reach the youth sports community, TeamSnap connects the world of youth sports. Until next time, I'm Sean Jensen. Yeah.